Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is the service from September 3rd, 2023. Thank you and God bless. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. I'm only seeing a few, but we're excited that Brad is going to speak for us today. This is going to be great. I'm reading from Genesis uh, 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord, had, the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will, not cer- you will not certainly die, the serpent, said, the serpent said to the one. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When the, when the uh, woman saw that the true fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. Also, that they, so they, they sewed fig trees, fig leaves together, and made coverings for themselves. For, for themselves. Let's pray. Our Father, we're grateful for, for. Uh, your great creation. We're grateful that uh, at the same time you're mindful for, mindful of us. We're grateful that we can be here this morning. We're thankful for our life. We're thankful for this church. We're thankful for all the goodness that you that you give us. Father, we uh, pray that uh, the things that we do are acceptable to you this morning. We thank you most of all for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.
Yeah. 
Is it really that hard to follow an instruction, especially from the one who created you? I like to think I listen to my mom and dad pretty good. <laughs> I've thought about this, and the more I think about it, the more arrogant I think that I am. Because when I read this section, at first glance, I always think of it, this just happened in just a few moments, and then one day. And for me, I don't think it's that hard to fight temptation for a short amount of time. No, I believe that the retelling of this has been condensed for the story purposes. I imagine that Adam and Eve have been in the garden for quite a, quite a while. They've explored this garden and they know it inside and out. They know where that tree is. They know the serpent. And they've engaged with him many times. I imagine that Adam and Eve have had conversations about the tree of life. They've analyzed God's words. And they've probably thought, I don't know, maybe he was implying something else. Maybe he's looking at this differently and we just aren't seeing it. Well, the serpent achieved his goals or his goals by asking them what they were going to do. And we find that Adam and Eve could not fight that temptation. Church, I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do? We come across situations all the time. Perhaps uh, kids were outside playing. Adults perhaps were, uh, were at work or maybe were with friends. And we notice that there's somebody else out there too. Maybe they're by themselves. What are we going to do in that situation? What about when we are casually making conversation with somebody that maybe we don't know that well, and then all of a sudden they ask for help in a way that we were not prepared for? What are you going to do? Now, this is the part that makes me really nervous. I'm going to share with you a humbling experience. Um, and as I get there, I need to bullet point a few things for you. I want you to know that I care a lot about expectations. It's kind of why I'm dressed up like I am today. And uh, they may not be your expectations. They might be just the expectations that I've built up in, inside myself to say, hey, this is what I need to do or how I need to act or what I need to look at in certain situations. My story is going to take place at Belmont University, and you need to know that I've been there a couple times in my life, and I get lost very easily there. You also need to know that I was there because it was for an all-day work event, uh, and my goal was to be there to network, uh, to bring in some new business for my company, uh, and to reconnect with some friends. And then uh, another piece that you need to know is that Anna Marie was busy that evening, and it was my duty to go take care of the kids or pick them up after uh, or from their after-school care program. So you've got some logistics here. Um, as I continue on, you also need to know that one of the coolest experiences I've ever had is getting a custom-made suit. And I had some custom-made suits made a few years back. And the, the whole process of getting a custom-made suit is extremely nice. If you had anything custom, it's nice. Because they, they measure you in places that I don't, I don't even know why they're measuring you, but they do. <laughs> they allow you to pick out colors, they allow you to pick out cuts, and they give you these, this opportunity to put your name or put some kind of phrase or whatever inside your, your suit coat. I've got one in here. Can't see it here, but my name's in there. It makes me feel very special. 
when it comes to expectations, when I have a custom suit on, I feel really good. I'm going to exceed those expectations, and I'm going to do really well. That's why I wore the suit today. So, I, I was wearing a custom suit when I went to Belmont today because I wanted to exceed uh, my expectations, but also my company's. And the day was awesome. I mean, I was connecting with a lot of people. I was seeing some friends from past roles. I was making a lot of new connections. More or less, I was earning my paycheck. Uh, I was taking care of what I was being paid to go do. And now this, uh, this event had a post-meeting reception. Uh, and I was limited on time, so I was gonna hustle so that I could get there, and my goal was about 45 minutes before I could, uh, before I had to leave to get the kids. Again, making more connections, trying to, trying to bring in some contracts or, or whatnot into, into my company. As I'm leaving, I've got this wobbly cart full of uh, tchotchkes. Uh, I've got pens, I've got water bottles, I've got a variety of stuff that I'm, that I'm going out. And the elevator right outside the room uh, is got a huge line above it. And now when I, I got to Belmont, and it got up there to the right floor or whatnot. I came up a different elevator and I had somebody help me and guide me to the room. Well, I can find this elevator again. And so I'm, I'm going around the corner because again, I want to make my time. And I'm looking, <coughs> and I find an elevator and I take that elevator to the parking garage. And I'm, I'm looking for my car and I can't find it. I'm a little anxious at this point. So maybe I got off on the wrong level. I go up a level. It's not there. I go down a level, it's not there. My car is nowhere to be, be seen. So I get back in the elevator and I go back into the uh, into Belmont, whatever building I was in, I couldn't even tell you that. Uh, and uh, I'm like, oh, I'll find a place. My son's looking at me because he knows the story. Um, I, I, know that, I know that I can find where I'm going, but I can't. I don't recognize anything from the floor that I took up. So I go back in the elevator, and I'm like, you know what, I just, I misplaced the car in the garage. I'll, I'll go down there again and look for it. As I'm looking, pushing my butt, trying to figure out where I'm going. Not seeing anything. But as I'm walking around, I find a big opening uh, in, in the garage, and I look across, and I see the garage that I came in. So it's an adjoining garage, but there's a separation of a road in between. Perfect, praise the Lord. I've only been lost for about 15 minutes, so I've still got 30 minutes we can make things happen. We need to know that in this other garage, nothing's going on. Nothing's coming in and out. My garage, there's a steady flow of vehicles that are exiting. And there's no sidewalk to go up. You just have to go up the drive um, because it's only car, car lines. So I'm waiting and then there's a gap and I'm hustling up with my wobbly cart. I make it past the electronic arm and then I can start going up the curb and my car tips, and I spill out water bottles everywhere. Cars can't go anywhere because there's water bottles there, and, and I'm there. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bending down, picking up my, my carts and everything like that, or my bottles, and as I'm picking up the bottles, my paperwork flies all over the place. Well, in the middle of picking up my paperwork, that's when it happens. I'm flustered. Thanks, William. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm picking up, uh, picking up the things, and all of a sudden I feel a giant breeze on my backside. 
a lot more ventilation than I was anticipating, and it should happen from a um, uh, now, I do not know what the driver of the car saw, but there was no effort to help until after the ventilation happened. Mortified does not begin to describe how vulnerable I felt at this current point. So I take my suit jacket off, and I tie it around my waist, much like a tennis player with a sweater. That's not something you do with suits, if you did not know. And I finally get my stuff and I make it to the car. And I'm trying to process and, and I'm trying to think, what, what can I do? And at this point, it's been 45 minutes. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna be able to make it to the, this reception. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna call Anna Marie. Anna Marie's gonna comfort me because, I mean, our battle said for better or worse, right? <laughs> so I call, it, I call Anna Marie and, I, and I'm trying to relive my story. And I don't know where I'm at in the story, but she, she finally says, yeah, 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 I'm sorry that happened to me, but I gotta go. I'm here with my friends. It's not work, it's with your friends. I'm having a life-altering humiliation event. I need someone to process it with, and she's shutting me down. Okay, whatever, I'm gonna go get the kids. And I'm processing the entire ride. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna tell the story to the kids. The kids are gonna comfort me. Well, as I'm reliving the story, there's questions being asked when I'm reliving the story. William is probably crying beside himself because he's laughing so hard. <laughs> this isn't going the way I wanted it to. But, but there's hope. There's Abby at the time, three-year-old three sweet Abby. Abby will, will be there to support me. And this is where she takes it home. Wait, wait, Daddy. Tell it again. Tell me how your pants exploded. <laughs> she meant exploded, but that's, that's a three-year-old for you. <clears throat> it was a very challenging situation. And so I asked, what are you going to do when you're in situations like that? What are you going to do, church, when you get home from a bad day and your kid, your spouse, your pet, just did something that frustrates you. What are you gonna do when your kid or maybe your, your friend, your spouse, repeats something that wasn't intended for the company that you are currently with? What are you gonna do? Now, I tell that story knowing the humiliation that it brings me, and I've got pictures, we'll leave the pictures for you. Um, but I, I'm going to try to bring this back to, to some scripture here. So we're going to get into Matthew 16. If you want to mind, stand and read with me, please. We'll be reading together in the whole section. This is, this is uh, Matthew 16, starting verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And then he must be killed on the third day and be raised alive. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him together. Never, Lord, he said, shall never have come to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You may be seated. 
Church, when I, when I put myself in this situation, and when I see that response, I heard, I heard a lot for Peter. Peter is striving to do so much uh, as one of the disciples. I look at the disciples as the logistics people. They're there with Christ, and their job is to find out where they're going to stay, how they're going to get to wherever they're going. They're gathering their food. They're making sure that everything is taken care of so that Jesus can teach. You've got to keep in mind, Peter also just came off this great high. Jesus just told him, you are the rock that I'm going to build my church on. And in my world, I think the other disciples look at Peter as the spokesperson for the group of 12. And I'm sure that as Jesus is talking about time, that they're all looking at Peter. Because just like an Adam and Eve, this is probably not the first time that they've had this conversation. This isn't the first time that Jesus has told them, I'm going to die. And as the logistics people, I think Peter's got a plan. Hey, we're going to go this way. We're going to do this. And those other disciples are looking at him. They're giving him that look that you give to your family or friends when you're like, no, it's your turn. You make that. Tell him. You know what you need to say. And so Peter starts sharing. The challenge is Peter's not on the same page. And Jesus lets him know in a very harsh way in front of people that he would call his brethren and that he cares a lot about. Church, what are you going to do? How are you going to prepare for life-altering moments? How do we know how we should respond? It's heavy when you have expectations, whether they're your own or someone else's. And it can be a lot. I think the first thing we do is to breathe. Jason Wilson, in his book, The Battle Cry, he talks about, he takes you through this exercise. And in this exercise, he says, you take a deep breath in through your nose, the kind that fills your belly with air, and then you hold it for three seconds. And then you exhale it all out through your mouth. If you'd like, let's try it together. Okay, we're gonna breathe in through our nose. I do that a lot. I did it a lot this morning. I don't know what all went into Peter's response. I don't know how I would respond if I was there. I don't know if I would have done out of need if it either. I don't know if I would have been able to last, I don't know, as long as they did with the serpent. I do know that there have been times in my life where maybe it was chance, maybe it was God, maybe it was luck, that if I wore a certain shirt, or maybe I took a different route home, or I decided to sit somewhere differently at lunch, it would have been very impactful, life-altering conversations that I've had or that I've seen in others. I believe to be prepared for these situations, we need to follow Jesus' example. And he leads us 
in prayer. We find in, in the Gospels that, that Christ left many times to go pray by himself. He surrounded himself with people that were going to help him, encourage him. I'm sure there was confession time uh, with them. I'm sure there was guidance that, that was shared in a variety of ways. I believe that we need to be praying out loud with our loved ones. I believe that we need to first breathe in the Spirit so that we can then exile out Christ. Church, there are a lot of things, a lot of expectations that we're all carrying. There are a lot of situations that, and questions that we have to address on a daily basis. Some of them are easy, like what am I going to, well, maybe easy, what am I going to wear? Some of them are a lot harder, like how am I going to have this conversation? <coughs> As you ponder all that, I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to take it to the Lord. I want to encourage you to seek the help of others. And if you have those needs, and you don't know the direction, we can pray with you. If you have a need, please come as we stand. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wish
Jesus, 
for his life, his teaching, his death, that's represented here in this bread, his body, which we take to commemorate this covenant that we have with you, through which we have forgiveness of our sins. We pray that each of us will take it in a way that pleases you, and that it will refresh us through the week we have ahead of us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Father, in the same way we come to you in thanksgiving for this fruit of the vine, which represents the blood of Jesus, shed for us on the cross. It's in his name we pray.
And if you did have them close, you would go back to 516. <coughs> this song, the verse is so interesting that we have the first part of the story, and now we're going to sing the second part of the story. <coughs> verse 4 and 5. <coughs> One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose, was over death he had conquered. Now is ascended, my Lord, evermore. Living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried he carried, my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glory.
to uh, take care of all of them and help them have a, a safe trip back. And uh, we're, we uh, are just thankful for all the ways that you bless us. And it's in your son's name we pray. tutorial uh, assistance from uh, from Redding, and he actually wrote me a, a joke that he knew. Um, so so let me, I'm going to try to pull this off and see, see what it is. <coughs> Ooh, calisthenics first. Okay. So they said God couldn't sink by Titanic. But an iceberg could. Seems like a good joke for a salad. <laughs> a good joke for a salad bar, maybe. I Actually, like Titanic would be a great name for a salad bar. Restaurant, you know, like it's not Titanic. There's no iceberg here. You know, like um, you know, only spring mix in uh, romaine or something. Um, okay, so let's go. Um, happy birthday to Edison Beard. I don't see him here today. Um, his birthday is later this week. He's turning 12. Can't believe it. Edison's turning 12. Um, yeah. Uh, again, thanks to Brad. Great job, Brad. Thank you for, so much for, for your, your hard work this week on that sermon. Really appreciated what you had to say. Um, God's good. Thank you, everybody, for um, your generosity with my new one well. Um, we're going to keep that going. Um, if you Venmo us, remember to, to tag it with Manuel, um, and, and let's just kind of see where, where we can, what we can do um, to, to help him out. Um, he is not in a good place, so we really, we're really doing, our, trying to do our best. Um, Wednesday night, be on the lookout for where that's going to be. We're in September, so we're not. We may not be here. We may be here. I don't really know. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good thing to find out later. Um, keep uh, keep your uh, calendars kind of uh, you know ready for the 24th because we're going to have a catered lunch and work day. So I mean, and I don't know about y'all, but. The spider webs on my house are kind of crazy, um, and I know they're 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 that way here at the church as well. There's plenty of right angles for spider webs, so we're going to work on that a little bit. And if you're not, not interested in spider web stuff, I think we can find some other things for you to do. Um, note that coming up next weekend is the prayer retreat, um, and I think that's kind of it as far as like the near term stuff. Is there anything else that anybody has to share this time? Okay, well, there are no classes this morning, but there is coffee and donuts, so stay minute fellowship. So, have a great day. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.